the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a member of the 1012 Podcast Network, and you can find great coverage of the other 14 teams in the Big 12 over at 1012podcast.net. This podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. They are a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. They want you to be the best-dressed fan this season. So check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today. Show off your school spirit all season long. They've got some really cool Longhorn designs. This is one with a helmet on it that I've got my name on it. My birthday's this weekend, so I made you pull the trigger on it. And you can, too, use the code ten one two fifteen to get fifteen percent off your purchase of any non-sale item at www.charliehustle.com. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends. Wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content, you can find Kyle and myself. Connect with us on social media at Longhorn Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic, or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodrich. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who's trying to see past his Oscar Giles colored glasses, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? I mean, I have burnt orange colored lenses, but have you have we ever really talked about the fact that uh uh Wyoming's colors are basically both the uh the crayon box colors that a kid uses to show going to the restroom, either one or two. Um, again, I'm not here to besmirch, but there's a reason you don't see a lot of uh, brown and, and gold. Maybe maybe actually, according to Tom Herman's chart, you shouldn't be that gold. But that we're not here to talk about hydration, uh, scatological or urino- urological conditions. We're, we're here to talk a little football. We are here to talk a little football. Texas um, has a football game this Saturday. I'm not sure if you know that. Like we said before, Kyle and I will be there. So if you see us, uh, what's up? Say what's up. But Gerald, what, what section are we in? Can we give the people that at least in case they want to come see us? So we'll be on the west side of the stadium. That's where we found some, some decent tickets for us. Uh, this is kind of a last second situation for both of us. We're on the west side of the stadium, uh, lower bowl. I think we're in section like... 31 maybe 31 seems right it's on the the west side uh toward the end zone we'll be there Uh, i'll be with my wife kyle will be with his wife and and his father and father-in-law i think so it'll be a good time correct all around but texas taking on the wyoming cowboys who are coming off a big 31 to 17 win over portland state probably bigger than maybe their their week one win i was joking uh they welcomed <laughs> in texas tech to laramie uh and did a uh, overtime victory over texas tech who's now sitting at zero and two on the year uh which is just beautiful but um wyoming a, a explosive passing offense led by the big-bodied Andrew Peasley, uh, who's already thrown five touchdowns this year. Uh, pretty incredible performance from him through these first two weeks. Yeah, and he also had the, the one of the quotes of the year already uh, after that Tech win, which is so weird to to hate try to hate this team. I don't. I like I I don't at all because of what they did to Tech to start it. But they he immediately after the the presser with the the field rushed and the student body behind him. Uh, went cut into like a WWE heel promo and it's like we took them to the deep end of the pool and we knew they would fold which is just some real Laramie type logic uh, if you take someone to the deep end of the it's a mixed metaphor I'll just leave it at that but uh, he he uh, he seems intense I would I, I will like him every other week except this one um, 
it's it's not a bad passing offense, and really that's been their Achilles heel for the past couple of years. We talked about it in our preview is they, they've run the ball. They always find running backs. They run the ball pretty well, but this year um, they're, they're pretty explosive in the pass game, so it's something to watch. They're not Alabama explosive, um, but they might be a little bit more than Rice explosive. I'm not sure, but the, you know it should be interesting uh, to watch uh, because it is a – if you're not – ready for it it is an efficient or potential big play offense uh that texas if they're caught looking ahead to big 12 play or basking in the uh the afterglow of alabama and the you know being a top four team in the country if that's gotten to their head this is a wyoming team as tech found out um that can make you pay Part of Tech's issue was they could never really put him away. And playing in Laramie in week one is like the nightmare scenario. And as much as we talk about like weird things happen in Lubbock, like don't go to Laramie. Just don't do it. It sucks that like people are going to start feeling that way, especially in this era of college football. But like, because those are the fun games. Those are the weird, fun games. Like seeing Oregon, Oregon and Lubbock was fun, especially because Oregon came from behind and won that game. But like, playing Laramie is like playing in Laramie is like playing in the den of the Viper. Right. And so like they, it was just the perfect game for them, but like Peasley led them and carried them to, to victory. He rushed for nearly 70 yards and a touchdown against Texas tech um, and really took advantage of, um, they spread the ball around quite a bit to those wide receivers. I hear Asante uh, Wyland in their tight end. Uh, uh, John Michael Gellenborg is what we're going with there, yep. but uh, each of them have multiple receptions per game um, and multiple t- touchdowns this year. So like they're able able to spread the ball around pretty pretty efficiently and like you mentioned they're not really leaning into the run as much they've got kind of a stable situation happening uh with sam scott and and dq james uh leading the charge there this is an offense that like i said has a really high explosive pass rating but not a ton of success in the run game which is weird for wyoming and i wonder uh how texas i mean they're going to scheme for it how they're going to scheme for it because now there's two games worth of tape but like i think for for me the the this is going to be another test of the Texas secondary, the Texas pass rush. And I think it's going to be an opportunity uh, for Texas to kind of shine things up and hone things up before starting big 12 next week. I'll tell you one thing, Gerald, a guy named Dairy queen James is not going to beat Texas. I just, it ain't going to happen. He, he, he <laughs> might, queen, uh, uh, ice, ice cream machines broken. That's right. That's more than McDonald's uh, James, but he's, he's not going to come in with his hunger buster all over Texas. Uh, I, I think, Texas saw better running backs, obviously, and better offensive line against Alabama. I don't think they're going to be able to get the running game going. Rice obviously was not. And so I do think Texas has a pretty stout run defense, and I think you'll see that. Uh, like I said, a lot of this will be predicated on don't let the quarterback beat you. Keep uh, Ayer Asante in front of you. Don't let him you know, be the big play receiver. And, and uh, I don't know if we gave enough flowers to Ryan Watts in our Alabama previews. I went back and listened to that. So let me pause now and give flowers. Ryan Watts was unbelievable as a boundary press corner. Bama wanted less to do with him than Texas wanted of Kool-Aid McKinstry. But, um, you know, will he be uh, – will he be – as called upon to do that in this one, uh, or will this be a chance, you know, for our, uh, our streakier corners to go make a play if they do try to stretch the field? Can Jade Barron continue his quest for a Thorpe Award? This, this to me, and look, I'm, I, I am a, a fan who's coming off Texas beating Bama. I, I would love to see Wyoming try to pass the ball. Only one interception in the year for Peasley, um, but I'd love to see Texas continue their streak of takeaways and see if Jade Barron or any of these guys, you know, uh, 
give me give me Manny Muhammad, give me uh, Watts finally catching one, but hey, give me one of those guys uh, bolstering a little bit their 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 NFL tape and their credentials in an offense that probably isn't the best passing offense, but will look to make some plays passing the ball. I think something else to watch this this game is especially the Wyoming offense. Their offensive line has only given up three sacks this year, and and so I think again Texas Tech struggled with that the first week, and obviously uh, Portland State's not going to push you, but like you know Texas is coming off of a five sack game, and so I wonder um, what the intensity is going to be like if they're going to stay vanilla like they did against Rice, or are they going to do some things uh, to try to get. Wyoming down early I think that hopefully is like the big question for me regardless we'll talk about the defense the the Wyoming defense in just a second but like I think overall the question for me is like what is Texas's philosophy going to be coming off of coming off of this big win against Alabama right what is it going to be how are they going to um, handle the highs of the week right we saw Jalen Ford uh, tweet Monday morning like that's enough of this This is all rat poison so like is that the mentality of the team are they going to come in and have their mind right because that's always been the thing with Texas right they've always been up for the big games but when wyoming comes to town or when kansas comes to town right will there be mentally there um to get the job done and so i think regardless of what wyoming does that's my biggest question this week this this is a a don't let it be a letdown right like jalen ford tweeted out the right thing um but do they exhibit that do they show that they are they are up for this their base vanilla is still uh, like Bluebell, the finest of the flavors, um, can they come out and just outperform, outplay, outbody, outtalent uh, a team that they absolutely should? Again, no no Oscar Giles or Racer is a great coach, but um, in, in general, these, these players should be better coached. They should be better athletes. They should be um, the ability to go out and just win. So do they play sound fundamental football in a way that allows them to just go win? Yeah, and I think that, again, that's the question that I think we need to answer, and that's the question that Texas needs to answer, and especially when the offense is on the field, because the Wyoming defense um, likes to create some havoc, especially in the secondary. They've got a couple of interceptions each game, 17 passes broken up, five hurries in two games. Those are big numbers, and so uh, they had three sacks against Tech, four against Portland State. Like, they're really trying um, to get in the quarterback's head, and so again, if the offensive line comes out and plays like Rice, that could be a problem. If they come out and play against Alabama, I don't think there's much to worry about, but Brayden Insiders and uh, Cole Gaboot is what we're going with. Gaboot, uh, the nose tackle has has one and a half sacks. So like Wyoming's line and then the trench is going to be something to watch. And then if they create some some trouble for Quinn Ewers in the backfield, does Quinn go back to those bad habits that lead to turnovers? And you know Wyoming's been pretty optimistic, uh, opportunistic so far. I'm choosing to think that Cole Godbout is actually how you pronounce it, and he's actually also a uh, boss-level character in Red Dead Redemption. Um, they got a, a free safety name, Wyatt Eckler. You know, these are just good Wyoming-type names. But, yeah, I, this is not a defense that, that's that's nothing. They're a defense to be trifled with, right? If, they, uh, if they're playing a Portland State uh, – they have the dudes who can just go absolutely rattle that team. And the fact that they did it against Tech, again, the home field advantage opening the season has a lot to say about that. But, you know, Texas, let's let's test it, right? Against They didn't look great against Rice, looked great against Bama. Which one of these uh, trends will it be? Will the offensive line uh, be able to keep Quinn clean, or will they let free runners? I'm hoping that free runner nonsense is open is over and, and no one gets an open shot on him that way ever again this year. But certainly, you know, you would think uh, – same thing out athlete be bigger base defense um they're gonna they're gonna create pressure but the the one thing that i excites me most is texas could could get up big and have a chance to really establish the running game 
But I really want to see Quinn Ewers test that deep ball thing we saw against Alabama. Uh, seeing it works, completing the deep passes. Like, this is a game for that because though they do, uh, they rely on getting pressure and not letting you get that stuff. If Texas can give enough time, let Quinn get those rhythm throws deep and get A.D. Mitchell, uh, Xavier Worthy, let's see, a Nayor against his old team. I, I really... Uh, like the idea that he gets some some run in this one um, to shine against his old friends. Um, I think there's a lot of meat in the Texas explosive play bone this week. I think um, I, I just feel like there's a chance if they give one up. I, I hate that on the uh, other side of the ball, but on the offensive side of the ball, I think this is a chance to really get some highlight plays because you know even against the the, the two Tech and Portland State they've played. They will create havoc in the backfield. They will do some things, but they are they are prone for a big play against them. Yeah, and, and I think that's going to be something to uh, to watch for Texas. And I think this this should be a a stat padding game for Texas, right? In a, in a perfect world. But again, the the story here is like, can Texas um, survive the post Bama wave and the pre Big Twelve reign? Like this Wyoming game is the perfect as our as our friends our kind of podcast idols over at the Solid Verbal say. Like this is the perfect let down look ahead sandwich, right? Like they're coming off of Bama, they're looking ahead to the start of conference play. Wyoming has got a taste for Big 12 flesh. Like they've they've done it before. They did it two weeks ago. So what is that going to be like for them? Um, some some miscellaneous things. Um, they're really solid in the red zone. Six of seven for touchdowns on on red zone trips. Um, the the third downs. The the offense isn't great. Six of fifteen against Tech. Four of eight against Portland State. So fifty percent there. Set the defense. Um, Holds up relatively well, held up relatively well against Tech, and then gave up quite a few against Portland State. Seven of seventeen uh, against Tech, eleven of twenty at Portland State. So, like you know, the the script is there for them to pull this off, and I think the script is also there for Texas to come out and be flat track bullies, which is what we really should see from them. Yeah, I one hundred percent leave this game unmoved. Like as long as they don't do something crazy and lose this game, but leave this game unmoved because there's a good chance there's some sluggishness or just you know it's it's. It is what it is, but if they can, if this team can come out and avoid that, avoid the letdown in any way, if they can get one of those classic Texas, how it used to be early season, fifty-six to three wins or something, you know, just brutalize a team that we've seen beat a Big Twelve team this year. We know is not a bad team, but if Texas can come out and do that on the high, on the emotion, now they're you know favorites. They're not the underdogs. Now they're a little cocky, you know. Do they become arrogant? Does it go to their heads? If they can answer the rest of the questions that we have, if we can see the deep ball, we can see some of those things we talked about. Like if Texas does do that, if they don't have a, uh, they won, you know, 35 to 14 and it was perfectly fine, I guess. They won. We've seen a lot of games where, you know, good teams uh, we think are good teams as far in the season have had those already uh, for other teams across the country. That might be the case. But if Texas, if they don't, then terribly might have to have a conversation about maybe this team really is built different. So that what's on the line, I think, is is you know a win, make it safe, get everyone, you know, give a chance for for Arch Manning to get some time in this one. Sark said he wanted him in week one, but didn't want him just for you know one minute to burn a, a game towards his red shirt. So get a lead where you can get those guys in for sure. But also like part of that is that means you're coming out and you're living up. You're not you know you're not overlooking the moment. You're executing. You're getting off the field letting your second, third, and guys get in. And, and, you know, before you get into Big 12 play, get a little shine for those guys. And uh, 
and get off the field comfortable and, and safe and get to the next one. I mean, that's that's the recipe, right? And hopefully, you know, C.J. Baxter, uh, Mo Blackwell are still day-to-day. So I think if they can take the day off and let them take the day off, I think hopefully Texas can get this done with the combination of uh, Brooks Blue and, and Keelan Robinson. But that brings us, Kyle, to our Pod Stradamus picks brought to you by Prize Picks. Remember, Prize Picks is the best legal way to play player props in, in states like Texas where uh, people want to play but maybe don't have the freedom to. It's a really easy way to play daily fantasy. Um, all of you that use the code Longhorn12 uh, for your first deposit will get a 100% instant deposit match up to a hundred bucks, find some change in your couch, find the leftover, maybe skip Starbucks for a couple of days and toss that in there and just have some fun. They've got a dozen, a, a, a ton of stats to choose from points, um, you know, yardage, all of those things. They've got uh, NFL college football, no NBA right now, but uh, MLB soccer, MMA has an award-winning mobile app. It's rated 4.8 stars on the app store, but you've got an opportunity to do, you can play in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy, um, but it's a safe and fast option for you. If you want to have a little extra fun on Saturday. And with that, Kyle, you lead Podstradamus two to one and a half currently. So what is your Podstradamus pick for the Wyoming game? Gerald, um, we once knew a friend of the pod. I hope he listens, but a friend of ours when we worked a high school job together who once after a long night um, in the back of a truck said, cowboy up, mother, father. And I appreciate, I don't know if that's exactly what he said. It's, it's a little bit lost to me. But I am going to channel the spirit of, of 1TK24. Um, God, I hope he's listening somehow right now. Um, and I'm going to say let's let's cowboy up for this offense. I, I, I'm not going to take the easy route out. Gerald, I think there is going to be six plays Ooh. of 30 yards from the Texas offense Coming in this out one. swing. Six plays. Six. six. That is woof. Six. Woof. Kyle, that is a that is a big big claim for that one. I'm, I'm like I'm I'm sh- twenty yards. Did I say th- I said twenty yards? Okay. Six plays okay. over of I greater should, than twenty yards. Given you a yeah. little bit of that. No. Uh, so uh, I, I mean, we'll allow it. I think again, this is one of those where ours are complimentary. Um, so in week one, Tyler Shuck threw for uh, three eighty eight, three and an interception. Uh, and I think Quinn Ewers is going to probably be able to come out of the game before he has to throw for 340 yards in that one. Um, but I'm going to say a solid 250 and three from Quinn Ewers. I'm just going to, I'm going to put myself in a corner and say 250 and three from Quinn Ewers. As long as six of those are 20 yard uh, passes. That sounds great. All slants, baby. <laughs> 250 on, on 36 completions. <laughs> Oof. Uh, um, I like it. However we get it, let's get it. Um, All right, Gerald. So I think Texas is going to not just dominate on on the offensive side of the ball with big plays, not just come through and continue, you know, wreaking havoc on the defense. I think Texas makes a game changer on special teams, game changing play. So that I'm going to go ahead and say that could be a blocked kick. It could be a blocked punt. It could be a a return. A return of greater than 35 yards on punt or 50 yards on kick return. They are going to have a game-changer play on special teams. It's time Jeff Banks gets his shine. Um, You know, I don't worry about Sanborn. He's going to do his thing. He's one of Ray's guys. I don't worry about uh, Burt Auburn. He's going to get it right and and be good if called upon. I'm saying in the other phases of the game, there's going to be a game-changer from the special teams. 
I like how you simultaneously made specific things in your wide net casting. It's very, it's a very Kyle Carpenter response here. Uh, so <laughs> I think Texas going to have. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dance with the one that brought you. I'm gonna go three sacks in this game. Just gonna go and say it. I like it. I like three sacks. Um, I don't think this year, right now, the way it looks in the first two weeks, that there's any, uh, any worry to that. Like that. If Texas is getting less than three sacks a game, we're saying what happened? What what, what went wrong? This is and I love it. Like it's a big, it's a big. The quarterback's big though. He's hard to bring down. So there's some risk in it. I am not saying Gerald that it's it's not. Um, you know, the, these are big country boys who who you know work cattle uh, in the off season. I'm sure. Um, so yes, I, that's a wild exaggeration. I understand, but <laughs> um, but yes, I, I understand it's not easy. I'm just saying I, I love that pick because I I really think. Uh, defensive pressure right now, if you had to scheme it up, it's two games in, small sample size, is the cornerstone of this Texas team. Like, that's that's their most uh, most common trait. And, man, man, do I love that. I swear I'll come up with a different one for next week. That's all we've got for you on the Wyoming Creepy. So we'll be back on Tuesday with our Wyoming recap. All right, Gerald, now let's take a look at the world through some burnt orange lenses. We talked Wyoming, but just fast-forwarding a bit, it was announced this week that the Baylor game, which we'll be following, uh, is announced at 6.30 on the ESPN family of networks. Um, I do not remember the last time we had three straight night games. Now, I could be overlooking, and I didn't go back and look at the schedule, but just my gut telling me, I don't remember three straight night games. It felt like we had 36 straight 11 a.m. games, which was just so gosh darn brutal. Um, but I'm pretty stoked. Like, Bama under the lights was great. We're both going to be at Wyoming under the lights uh, at DKR. Uh, it'll be the first time to test out the new uh, the new UT uh, lighting scheme and package, which was installed and, and teased in the offseason. So we'll get to see that thing tested out um, for Wyoming. And then Baylor, I mean, it's just three straight. We're getting close to, you know, October fall weather. It's We're going to make it through the heat. Keep giving us night games. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Texas playing in primetime under the lights, right? Texas uh, has always moved the needle for, for the networks and the, the, the money people. But um, now that Texas is potentially good, it's even moving the needle even to an even greater degree. Also, not a ton of, like, great games um, in week four, but that's fun. Gerald, where there were some great games this week was in the NFL. And specifically, the way that I watch games is with the Longhorns in the NFL. And the best part of week one, and I'm sure Cowboys fans are screaming, Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys. And, and they, they did dominate someone uh, almost as badly as Texas dominated Alabama. No, no, no. They, Cowboys won 40-0. They, they get that one. But um, two Longhorns announced themselves to the NFL with probably slightly different uh, expectations from their fan base, but but similar performance of highlight play plus touchdown from Texas running back last year. Yes, that's right. Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson on the same week scored their first NFL touchdown in week one, adding some highlights to go with it. Ah, couldn't have been more beautiful. Yeah, I mean, that that Bijan catch and run, like he, he slipped a guy and did things that we'd seen him do like on Saturdays regularly for Texas. I think the Roshan run was probably my favorite just because it was very like typically Roshan, right? He blew this guy up, uh, like knocked him on his keister. The guy tried to get up. Roshan like jumps over him and, you know, essentially teabags him a little bit, which is fine. Um, and then the guy gets up and tries to push him and gets a 15 yard flag. Like, like Roshan kind of ended that guy's day. It was pretty bad for him. Yeah, it was a uh, truck stick 3.0. I mean, it, it, it was... It looked like, what was the Game Shark? Was the thing you could hack your video games with, right? <laughs> and it, it gave you extra cheat codes. Like, it's like, uh, you know, you put in the Game Shark code where your truck sticks send guys flying five yards. 
like I had never seen someone run someone over so hard. Like, God bless you, Roshan. You 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 absolute menace on the field and saint off of it. What a man. Uh, what a, what a pair of of men who both are tremendous human beings and tremendous football players. Speaking of tremendous football players. A guy who I think the entire Longhorn Nation was excited to see get his first career touchdown in the first touchdown of the Denver Broncos season. Lil Jordan Humphrey. That's right. Remember that name. One of the best names in UT history. Also on the all-time scores books for the Denver Broncos. Caught their first TD of the season. And Deshaun Elliott, you're Miami Dolphins, Gerald. It just, just absolute cleanup duty call him the janitor uh, or dr yanni tor because he absolutely was cleaning everything up with 13 tackles for your dolphins yeah man the, it was a heck of a game the dolphins uh, after that aaron Rodgers injury uh, the dolphins might be okay for the uh, afc east we'll talk about it later though all right let's run just briefly through college football around the nation. We don't have to go through every game. Um, by this point, it's Thursday. Everyone has hopefully uh, looked at highlights other than just the Alabama-Texas game. And if you haven't, that's okay. That's the one that mattered last week. Um, but there were some good ones. And I don't think there's one funnier, Gerald, than Texas A&M, after all the talk, after everything, and how they looked great in week one and, and Texas didn't. On the week that Texas beat Bama, the game they'd immediately preceded it on the lead-in, the Aggies just absolutely got trounced by those Miami Hurricanes. It was a, it was a uh, it was a fan anxiety game, and and A and M lost it. Quit extending coaches. Just quit quit doing it too early. I, that's all I'm gonna say. I get, it bought them some patience, but their patience is not being paid off. Gerald, does the number seventy six point eight million mean anything to you? Um, it means a few things to me, Kyle. But what in the specific context? That is. Jimbo's buyout if he's fired in the 2023 season. Oof. If they can make it to 2024, that thing drops all the way down to 67.5 million. And if they can wait two more seasons of mediocre, unfun football, it's but a mere 58.2 million that they'll owe the Jimbo, uh, the Jimbo experience. Maybe if a couple more guys get arrested, they could fire him for cause. But who knows? Another team that is just—it's never nice to laugh at, Gerald, but. Can't help myself. Baylor lost to Utah, like maybe in the in the 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 worst way possible because everyone just assumed, hey, Utah was that first real game of football in week one. All eyes, everyone's jacked up. Everyone in the country saw them just destroy Florida, absolutely destroy. And we can talk about the SEC and where they stand as a conference right now, but destroy Florida. And Baylor was without Blake Shapin, and so it's like, geez, they might lose by 100 points to this Utah team. Well, they didn't. <laughs> but the way that it looked like Baylor might win, and then Utah came back and did some things, or Baylor did some things that let Utah in. And then it was like very clear, okay, Utah wins. And then Utah just gives up a Hail Mary and allows Baylor a 22-yard one play to win it all, and they go <laughs> cover zero and just blitz the heck out of the quarterback and get one-on-one. And probably some interference at the end, whatever. But I just like, <laughs> what a stupid, stupid game. And if you're a Baylor fan, I can't think of a scenario that makes you more furious all week than than that happening. I mean, like, I would just be 
like full and it's happened in Texas before this kind of dumb stuff. And I had terrible weeks after it. So like I was full of just, just malice all week. So I cannot imagine, are they just going to have to tear down the stadium? Like, is that like (laughs) after those first two weeks, they just have to tear down the stadium. Uh, well, you know, if if worse comes to worse, Jeff Le- it with ship lab. Jeff Leb uh, Jeff Lebby will just let him play on OU Stadium, I think. So, uh, <laughs> worse comes to worse. Sorry, that's maybe a low blow. I don't know. Uh, who knows anymore? It seems like he, everyone who's ever on that staff, learned all the wrong lessons. But anyways, moving on off of Baylor, we'll talk next week about them. I'm sure. Gerald, we we know that Austin has been the de facto headquarters of the Big Twelve for many years. Um, because they're the biggest city in the Big 12, the the most successful program across all sports in the Big 12, highest revenue of any program in the Big 12. We, we know that. Dallas has kind of been the home. They've played the Big 12 championship game there at Jerry World, and it's relatively central to the conference, and we understand that. Kansas City uh, is often played some portion of that uh, role as well. And, um, you know, they there's cities that, that have been the Big 12 headquarters. But what we know is that when Texas leaves, Gerald, the Big 12 runs through Lubbock, Texas. That is very clear. It's been well documented. Everything goes through Lubbock. Except victories. Um, another team that just found the most dumb and heartbreaking way to lose a game that you're like, oh, yeah, they might win this one. That No one really thought they would. Um Schoidenfreude Central, uh, after Waco, it is Lubbock. Uh, I mean, just <laughs> the Tyler Shuck Bowl was dumb, and I loved it. It was very dumb, and I loved it. And it was, um, I mean, again, after all the jawjacking that they did this summer, um, to lose it like that, they were, yeah, so they led by nine in the third quarter. Oregon had a one-point lead, and then Tyler Shuck threw a pick six with like a with like a minute left on the clock, um, which is just, just the... If you're going to try to get revenge against your old team, that's not the way to do it. Um, that ain't it. I guess it's it's good that Micah Hudson committed to them uh, this week to give them a little bit of 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 a of a, of a uh, like a salve for that burn. Um, but I have, if I've seen it before, this is the the classic, you know, Charlie Strong five star pop to take some of the bad taste out of your mouth. You pointed that out to me, and that made me as happy as any news this week because I hadn't really thought about that. But yes, I I hope Joey McGuire is just a. Uh, uh, like a, a less um, a less track record version of, of Chuck Strong. Like, please let that be the case. A guy who wins some, you know, is is lovable to his fan base. I still love Charlie, um, but doesn't doesn't win the right ones. But knows how to control that narrative, boy, and keep that job for a little bit longer than he should. Um, I'm sure McGuire will get extended again somehow after year two. But uh, no matter how many games, because they they just want so badly to be relevant and. Boy, do I hope it never comes. Uh, anything else? Any other games catch your eye this week? Uh, man, not a ton. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time anxious for the Texas games. I didn't watch a ton of That's other fair. games. That's totally, completely, and utterly fair. I believe Pitt lost to Cincinnati, and one of the stats I saw um, Rice was, beat Houston. I just remember that. Rice that's beat right. Houston. Rice beat Houston. Again, I will root for Bama to win all the rest of their games. I will root for Rice to win all the rest of their games. After Texas beats Wyoming, then they can win all the rest. If you play Texas, I will root for the the, the rest of the year because it's a good thing if you win. So no offense to my friends who are U of H fans, but I was rooting for 
Rice in that one. And man, Rice beat Houston. And the best troll of all, what was it two years ago when Dana won the, the Bayou Cup and had it out by his pool um, with the, the nighttime blue lights and had his little drink sitting by the pool? There was a troll picture where uh, Bloomgren, uh, the Rice coach, had his entire staff with him, which I like that, uh, out by his pool with the cup, kind of recreating the Dana photo, which I love a little post-game social media pettiness. Like I've, I found that might be my favorite genre of tweet. It's the best. It's perfect. It's beautiful. Let's keep it going. Speaking of keeping it going and uh, perfect and beautiful, Peyton Stern's career uh, is already taking off, and I'm so excited for her. She won two national championships, left as the number one player in college. That doesn't always equate to mean you're going to be a top contender at the professional level, at least not right away. But, man, Peyton Stern's is, is – proving that she was right to go pro because in her first season, she's already up to rank number 44 uh, by the WTA and advanced to the round of 16 at the U.S. Open. Oh, by the way, great U.S. Open, loved, uh, especially on the women's side, the Coco Gaff, uh, like all the, the quotes and the championship and the story. But um, the only thing better would be if Stern somehow, you know, made it to like the, the, the last four, but made it all the way to the round of 16. So incredibly proud of her. I mean, big ups to her. Massive week, massive week for her. Ranked number 44 at the WTA, and that's going to continue. The number's going to continue to shrink for her. It's exciting. Absolutely. Uh, Lexi Massimo uh, named Big 12 Player of the Week. Avery Clark named Big 12 Freshman of the Week from the women's soccer side. Uh, it's, it's almost basketball time, Gerald. Men's basketball was tabbed as number 18 in the Blue Ribbon basketball rankings. Made me start thinking 58, or excuse me, 53 days from now, they will open up play against number six incarnate word now what are your reactions because i have some thoughts when i saw 18 at first i was like what disrespect but i get it replacing a lot what do you think 18 is that about where you have them in your heart yeah it feels like it feels fine somewhere in the range of like 15 to 20 in there uh, and i mean i i'm a big believer especially with basketball that rankings are pretty like especially preseason rankings are pretty irrelevant like it's it's really doesn't really matter much 64 teams get in. All you got to do is get hot at the right time. Dylan DeSue, of course, Tyrese Hunter, Dylan Mitchell, Brock Cunningham all back. Um, but they're replacing a lot. Serge Barry Rice, Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen, Christian Bishop, Arterio Morris. There's um, a lot of players who contributed a lot on that deep run um, that are no longer back. They've done a lot in the transfer portal. We'll talk about it a bit to get closer to the season. I still feel like respect to their Elite Eight run, a uh, little respect on Rodney Terry's name on their incoming recruits. I would have liked 14. 14 would have felt like the right number to me. 18 feels like give me a chip on my shoulder, but I'll take it. Gerald, speaking of taking it, take it on home. Godzilla Tron, what are you watching on your giant screen? Uh, it wasn't a big streaming week for me. My wife and I finished uh, this recent season of what we do in the shadows. It wasn't the strongest season they've had. They've had, they had some really high highs in it, um, but the way it kind of – the the ending kind of fizzled out a bit um and then i rewatched a movie that i really really appreciate um dread on netflix it is a uh, judge dread movie it stars carl urban and, and lena hetty and, and carl urban um if i haven't seen a carl urban movie i didn't enjoy but dread is really good um it's like it it honestly took all of the best things about judge dread um and then combined them with essentially the plot of the first raid movie which is real real fun um but having him play play against a rookie cop and the action scenes are fun and it's just they did this slow motion bullet time thing it's it's such a good watch it's not a family friendly watch by any stretch of the imagination but if you're into like you know kind of gritty gory um action movies and it's for you i like that uh gerald we're playing the wyoming cowboys this week who hail from 
Laramie, Wyoming. I am therefore saving up, or had been saving up for a couple weeks, my uh, my recommendation of the coldest case, um, which is uh, maybe even be called the coldest case in Laramie. I think is the full name, which is NPR Serials' latest, maybe second latest uh, podcast. They've come out with a couple here. There's also one called the Un called the Retrievables, um, which is wild. Uh, but the coldest case in Laramie is a serial kind of investigation right i i think um it's not a whodunit it's there's i'm not necessarily a true crime podcast of like i just need until the final episode to try to figure out and go to the reddit and see the clues um though i was very deeply invested in the adnan syed case without a doubt um but it's kind of just like the unreliable not narrator but like memory and truth can be slippery and there's um you know some turns of uh, who I don't want to give anything away. I'll just say um, there's a grisly murder in 1985 in uh, Laramie of a University of Wyoming uh, student, and it's a very good, as everything serial does, a very well done um, podcast. If you like kind of uh, cold case murder um, deep dives, uh, it's great. If you like anything serial's done, it's great. Um, it's well-made and interesting. And again, it just felt relevant. I saw it, uh, right after we did the Wyoming season preview. And I was like, I need to listen to that before we do the week three preview. So I squeezed in a couple episodes. I still think I'm only two episodes in, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's or maybe three, but it's good. Um, check it out. I, I love cereal. I don't think you would be listening to Gerald and I were it not for cereal, right? The original cereal kind of revitalized the podcast industry. Uh, not that we necessarily directly benefited from that or you you did, but it made podcasts more a viable option. And we make podcasts, and you listen to them if you're listening to this. So uh, I have some respect for the OG for for serial. Uh, I've like I'm not necessarily the true crime guy, but like if good, a good podcast is a good podcast, so I'll probably check it out and see what's up. That's all we've got for you this week, Kyle. Where can the good folks find you on the internet? You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Carbon. You can also follow the Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer. Follow me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodrich. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Facebook and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic. Choose an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. We'll be back on Tuesday uh, following our trip to Austin to see the Longhorns play Wyoming. We'll have all of our breakdowns for you. Then thank you so much for tuning in again this weekend. Until next time, hook up. Hook up. If you buy Gerald or I drink, we'll chat you on the podcast. Hook up.